Is this because of the duck thing? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, oh. I've not taken this hoodie off in a month and a half. And then when you're done, you feel the most shamed ever. There we go. Always professional. What the fuck is even classic, happening? Classic sort of story. It came out to high critical acclaim. And it's Pokemon Snap. If you press the tank, it goes <laughs> Like, what Bloody. is going Bloody. on? I was on, I was on edibles. <laughs> Not a pornography. This is a podcast. Uh, and you got the name wrong again. I, I like your duck shirt. Thanks. It's a duck. Welcome to Two Dads in a Podcast. The return of the podcast. And and the king. The, the king's here too. He king? comes back. Yeah. The king. The king of the podcasts. No, we can't claim that title. The king of the dad podcasts of that have two dads. The king... Of the King Podcast. Oh. Well, guys, today we are rounding out. We're finishing our Lord of the Rings book to film comparisons. And honestly, are we doing that? This movie is fantastic. The The Return of the King, fantastic book, fantastic movie. They did a lot in this. So this of the three Lord of the Rings films is the least altered. It really um, is comparatively the altars that they have are fairly big. Uh, there's a few of them that are yeah, very, very large. Also, also some of them are kind of unavoidable because they because sort of, of started the, the ball rolling. Yep. It's similar films. to what they did with the but, Hobbit where they started off with a right. completely different story and they couldn't stray away from that to get back to the book. So it just ended up being something different. So, so we're going to talk about them. What? We're going to talk we about them. That's why we're here. Oh, that is why we're here. Hello. You're right. You're right. <laughs> so. So. <laughs> the One of the big notable Sorry. changes from the book to the film. And we talked about this in the last episode of the, the book to film. Yeah, we did. Is Shelob. It's Shelob. Shelob is where such an amazing sequence it is it's a fantastic sequence the return of the king starts with the sequence of frodo and sam and shelob poisons frodo and sam stabs her and then frodo gets captured by orcs and all this crazy <laughs> stuff sam, goes on sam doesn't think he's still alive so he he, he, he runs takes away but he is still alive isn't he yeah it's and a fantastic it's a sequence that they Oh, the yeah, design the of they made was just fantastic. As fuck. Oh, as it should, as the, she should be, as she webs. should be. So here's the thing: this happened in book two, not in book three. So while it seems but chronologically like this is a big thing, we talked about it the last time, where Peter Jackson himself yeah. stated that if they did it the way the book did, there would be very little for Frodo Sam to do. In the third film, so they wouldn't have near as much screen time. Right. And we've established that that is our main protagonist. Frodo is the main character that we need to follow around. And On you can't have of a which, third movie without the main character having yeah. large screen time. On top of the fact that just chronologically, it needed to be placed further. So they did a great job with this. And it was yep. creepy. Absolutely and loved it. I love that they, got, they started the movie with this Sam, because it was they, an they got Peter Jackson putting his hand in the the frame. <laughs> it was Peter Jackson's hand, and you know I love those little things. Bless, 
<laughs> so that's <laughs> why we started. That's that? well, that's one of the big differences. But we talked about the last time and how we. It, it definitely was a necessary development, and that's fine. It doesn't really change anything. It wasn't a plot changer. It wasn't a a significant difference. It just literally. And they cut off the end of book two and put it at the beginning of book three. And and that's fine. Now, Saruman dies on a big giant spike thing and Wormtongue gets shot by Legolas. Oh, man, I love this scene. And Palad... Uh, what Paladri- uh, <sighs> Palandir? The, the eye thing that Sauron sees yeah. through. And, oh, man. It, it, this was such a fantastic sequence in the movie. It's so iconic. It's so epic. Like seeing this in the crazy movie, thing. It plays its function. It you really know? does. And it's the, not the same in the books, obviously. No. So here's the thing this is one of the biggest changes. And. It it was necessary, but at the same time, I I wish it would have kept closer to the book because I wanted to see more. I honestly, I, I just that, wanted more movie. For sure, <laughs> I wanted more movie. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. So, because <laughs> it explains a lot, and it also opens a lot of story in the book that you don't get in the movie. So, in the film, we have Orth Orthanc. We have, you know, we're in Isengard and we've got the the Fellowship shows up and Gandalf is there and Gandalf breaks Saruman's staff and then Wormtongue pushes Saruman off of this freaking tower and he ends up getting impaled on this water wheel machine thing, like straight through his fucking chest. And then right after that happens... You know, he drops the the Palantir and, you know, Legolas then shoots Wormtongue. And it's this really freaking epic sequence. But in the book, Saruman doesn't die until well after everything else has happened. Same thing with Wormtongue. And I, I, I feel that this was something that I wish that they they shortened some other things to keep this part in because you know at the end of everything right. we've got the scouring of the shire which we saw a a yeah you know no, a scene of it was, it was like a dream sequence yeah we, we saw a little bit of it in there and it looked intense and i would have loved to have the full scouring of the shire take in place that, in the movie yeah because that's the thing is they they made it a dream sequence, but in the books, that actually happens. Like, it does. The Shire is decimated by the war. They didn't get escaped by it. Yeah. And that is something I brought up to it, you, it, where when you put it into comparison with, with uh, Tolkien being this sort of person that lived through World War One and the start of World War Two, is you had like these blitzkriegs and just this decimation of Britain, who and in these wars were was kind of isolated. Yeah, isolated and peaceful and, and had no this. part in anything. The the hobbits weren't doing anything in Middle Earth. They weren't fighting. They weren't defending. And then they just suddenly get invaded and destroyed. And this is during that part is where Saruman dies. Wormtongue does kill him. Yes. But he slashes his throat open, and it, it, and then like later on, Wormtongue is killed by hobbits, and I I feel like 
this was taken out of the movie for a few things, you know, for timing, right, of right. course. But I also feel like it was almost removed because we have this ideal of the hobbits of being so peaceful. They don't want to fight. They're willing to fight for what they believe in, but they're they're not a a warlike race. Yeah. And well, showing them in the movies, they depict them, yeah, as as just this, this these very, this very gentle sort people. of, and and it's so isolated, and that's how you sort of make peace within your mind as the, everything is isolated. And so for these people, and, and but I, I get, that. but I he get that. is writing a book about war where nobody is safe, and so to cut this scene out, you sort of cut out part of the meaning of the books yes but definitely it does agree. not ruin the film no it doesn't at all if you know if you've never read the books you would never think anything of it you know in if you've only seen the movies at this point you just believe the shire was you know kept at peace they had no idea what was going on and they just lived their lives happily and i like that mentality but honestly the scouring of the shire in the book is one of the coolest and like most intense parts of the book. And I, I wish we got to Man, see that in, it, on, on screen. It really sets up some tension there. After Saruman gets killed, after Wormtongue gets killed, now we're getting into the beginnings of the war. So yeah, we, we've, we've got that, a few. Yeah, that's where I was building up. So <laughs> we're entering like... The the next biggest things are Merry and Pippin. Yep. The two of them. Separately, though. Separately, yes. And they are not is, in the same place. <laughs> no. And Merry is, like, trying to give himself to the, the horse lords. He wants to be a, a fighter. He wants to participate. He, he wants to play Pippin, his part. He wants to who, do his part in the war. Yeah. And, and so Mary swears his fealty and to King Theoden and the writers of Rohan. And so Theoden he, he does his thing yeah. there. I'll correct you there. That's okay. <laughs> it literally on, on my screen, Love it you. says King Theoden. Okay. His last name is not King. <laughs> the okay. Theoden King. Okay. Okay. Pippin, however, is. <laughs> And he is fucking completely like fucking yeah. (laughs) He's with the bad guys, kind of like they make them seem like the bad guys. He's not like he's with Gondor, and and you know he's pledging his allegiance. Yep, but they like to the flag. They're kind of not the good guys, exactly. (laughs) You know, it makes it sound like he is giving himself to a cause that is not worth it. And they portray that brilliantly in the movies also. Yes. Especially uh, honestly, with that song that they wrote. Uh, that is that is like one of my favorite scenes in all the films is Pippin singing that song. And I believe he ad-libbed that. They wrote the, the uh, Philippa and Fran wrote the lyrics. That's right. That's right. But he, he wrote the melodies. Yes. So it was a joint effort. And it created this beautiful piece of music that was haunting and beautiful at the same time. And it really painted this brilliant picture behind the backdrop of these warriors of Gondor going out, knowing that they were going to be killed. We're, 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 and Faramir being one of them in the movie. 
specifically talking about the differences and all of what we just talked about with Pippin and doing all of that besides the song. The song wasn't in the in the book. That whole scene, him pledging his allegiance and everything, but where it really steps yeah. up and starts to change is they added this scene into the movie where Mary and Pippin wake up together like they weren't in the same bed but they they were sleeping in Eterus. right <laughs> twinsies Man. so so they they wake up there there's nothing like that in the book okay not a big deal sure they're going to be there for the you know when king theoden gets buried so cool that's fine uh, yeah <laughs> so that's one of those it, it's a change but it's one of those like Okay, we're just adding a little more detail where there wasn't any. Fine. Where it does right. change a little bit, though, is with Pippin and Faramir in Minas Tirith. So, in the film, Faramir arrives in Minas Tirith, and he runs into Pippin on the streets, and immediately just just word vomits to Gandalf. Uh, no, no, I'm just, he just immediately tells Gandalf that, hey, this isn't the first halfling that I've seen, and reveals that he ran into Frodo and Sam. Right. But it's and, not... And that gives a little bit of closure. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, it, it gets the audience into, you know, you're moving from location to location, and it it kind of breaks up things a little bit and makes it a little easier to follow. But in the book, Faramir doesn't reveal that encounter until he reports to Lord Denethor in his private chambers. So it's, you know, Gandalf doesn't know anything about that until much later on. So it, it's it, it's a big enough change, but it doesn't change the plot. So it, it's it's one of those like, OK, cool. You know, is it a change? Is it something that's like, oh man, why didn't you just keep it the same? But it's okay that it changed. It's okay that it's different. However, with Faramir, one thing that I, I believe, you know, we, we talk about I this. Froze. And we both actually enjoy the film version better is Faramir when he's retreating from Oscoliath. And he ends up getting like shot by a bunch of arrows and he's dragged by his horse into Minas Tirith. This is big, dramatic, crazy sequence in the book. He's literally shot by a single arrow and Prince Emheril carries him back into Minas Tirith. It's a little boring. It's more on that leisurely Tolkien element that we we've seen so many times before. It doesn't translate to film very well. Yeah, removing Imharil as a character and getting rid of a character entirely uh, for like diehard fans that can be a little uh, annoying. But he, while he's a fun character in the book, he's not a plot driving character, so it's not really necessary. So the next part that's uh, that's different from book to film that we wanted to discuss and. and honestly just kind of glaze over because it's not really a necessary it doesn't change the plot at all is where the actual fight happens yeah. in the in the film you know we've got this big battle that actually happens within Minas Tirith it's inside the city walls and it's this you know big epic fight and it, it's super super fun and it's yeah, a wonderful sequence. It's one of the better battle sequences, honestly, I think, uh, outside of the the giant fight from the two towers. 
but you have this this battle and in the book while the forces break down the gates gandalf is there to confront the witch king and drives them back yeah. and the rohirrim you know arrive so the the riders of rohan arrive and they force them back into Pelennor fields and fight them there. And honestly, I feel like that would have been just as engaging and just as crazy and cool, but having the fight happen within, it shows a little bit more, I don't know, interesting and more realism with the whole war aspect. The fighting doesn't just happen outside of your front door. Sometimes it happens in your own home. And so I, I get that. Here's the thing, like that sequence of just like the, the the gates busting open and you get like five fucking goddamn giant um blah 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 call them Was it the trolls? Wasn't it the trolls? The trolls, yes. Five like five giant trolls with like body armor and shit, and he's there to fight them. And then you get the the Rohirrim lining up and you get Thaden King clanking across all their swords yelling death because they know they're going out to die and they fucking charge and you have the orcs and you have the elephants there the elephants. Like, fighting them it's not till <laughs> a, it's not till well into the battle that the the ghost army comes with all the 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 you know um, Aragorn shows up and, and, and oh yeah they yeah, show up oh man that sequence in the movie was so fucking awesome though I loved it but what the you get what you were touching on of the the king the the lord the witch of king the wraiths um saying like no man can kill me and then you get this brilliant sequence. Now that does end up happening just out on the fields. So there is a yeah, lot of fighting on the fields. Stabbing into it. In the movie, they show the fighting starts and, and it shows up inside the walls where in, yeah. the, like I said, in the book, it never, yeah. it never penetrates into Minas Tirith. So, but it, it, right. So you get these layers we, in we the film it. that aren't in the books, but it it's brilliant. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yes. So the next thing that is, it, it changes, it's a minor change here, but it ends up changing a little bit more later on down the road, because once you start down a path, you can't really deviate from it when it comes to film and storytelling. So right. when, when the captains, you know, we've got Aragorn and Gandalf and Aomer and Legolas, and we've got them all meeting for this you know, planning on what they're going to do. And they meet in Denethor's hall after that big right. battle we just talked about. And Aragorn then talks about and suggests that they, they take the fight to Mordor. They take the fight to Sauron to distract him. So Frodo has an opportunity to get to Mount Doom and throw the ring in. In the book, this meeting is held at Aragorn's camp outside of the city. And Gandalf is the one who suggests the route. So this is one of those, those changes that there's a personal kind of peeve with it a little bit because it takes away some of Gandalf's intelligence. It takes away some of his in-depth and okay. he's been around for so long. But giving it to Aragorn... Don't even fuck with the people because... By now, Denethor has already ran all the way the fuck across fucking the top of Gondor, 
on fire and launched himself down oh, yeah. the goddamn <laughs> <laughs> love it love it but so, you know so, gone. you know they they just they have this moment in the movie where they're like we have to distract him from from frodo and give frodo this fighting chance and, and so they go out to meet I, I sauron and in the books in the books they actually meet up with a physical sauron but in the movie they really, they only sort of like they have the mouth of Sauron earlier, which is a great, brilliant sequence where they meet up at the gates and you get the mouth of Sauron and they do this brilliant sort of thing where they distort the face and they make it look all cool. But during the action sequence, you have this army which looks small on the film, but it's actually a pretty big army of, of men and all that. And they take on the armies of 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 Orc and Urukai and stuff. And when they start that sequence, you get this uh, a battle happening between Aragorn and sort of a, a Sauron sort of entity. So um, in the books, it actually we, is Sauron. We we've deviated a little bit from where I was going, but you've made some great points. You made some, you know, oh, talked about some yeah, things. Yeah. Sorry, I, I thought I, we were leading there. I wasn't quite to the battle yet, <laughs> but that's fine. It's fine. But the meeting, the, the what I was getting at with this is in the book, this meeting that they had for planning out the battle and planning out the the distraction happened in Aragorn's camp. Later on, Aragorn's camp shows up again in the books, but because they got rid of it in the movie, they they had to change the location of another scene. So we, we oh, get past right, that. Right. Okay, I see where you're going. Yeah. So we get to we get to the battle and in well we get to the planning and Aragorn uses the Palantir that they acquired back all the way back at Orthnak and Orthanc. Sorry, I keep saying Orthnak. Back back at Which Orthnak. Which they cut to a bit Orthanc. in the film sequence where he, he grabs the Palantir and he grabs his sword and he challenges But Sauron. he does that in Denethor's Hall. Now, this is one of those things that I'm okay That's that right. they changed. Yeah. Because in the book, he used this all the way back Uh before setting out from Hornburg. So this was a very different location. Right. Having him use it during this meeting, it, it kind of sets up a little more of like, okay, now Sauron has this enemy. They're planning things. Sauron's willing to send his men out to fight. So it, it kind of sets up the audience better for that. And I'm perfectly fine with that. So now we're moving on. We're, we're in... We're in the battle, we're right at the beginning, and a minor thing we're going to kind of just gloss over because I, it makes sense for the movie is Mary is there with at the Black Gates, but in the book he just he stays back at Minas Tirith. Uh, honestly, I like ha including him right. because otherwise it's like, okay, well, Mary just disappeared. Where the fuck is he? <laughs> you know he's been such a big character this whole time what, i mean what's i going go on? either way i mean if i were mary i would want to just the fuck up here <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 fair that's fair but they established in the movie that he was he was willing to fight for this cause <laughs> so i get it it works it's fine yeah uh, he was brave quote unquote yeah so <laughs> This I is, would not have been so brave, but we're kudos. getting we're getting to the end, and this is where me going back and you know Aragorn's camp versus Denethor's Hall. 
shows up is in the movie Frodo after Mount Doom. And he, he, this whole thing happens. It's an epic scene. Please go watch it. I fucking love this movie. Um, you know, Frodo is brought back from Mount Doom and he wakes up in the houses of healing. He wakes up in Minas Tirith, but in the book, he wakes up in Aragorn's camp. So they had to change this location. And again, it's not a huge deal. It's not necessary, but I feel like they didn't need to change it. My thing is, in the film, that change adds time to the movie that didn't need added. Yeah. So, you know, later on, Sam wakes up and he joins Merry and Pippin and Minas Tirith, but... Or in, in the book, yeah. In the book, Sam ends up joining Merry and P- Pippin and Minas Tirith, but Frodo wakes up at Aragorn's camp. So it, it's just one of those things. It didn't need to be changed, but because they changed something prior and completely negated this camp, introducing this camp now would be kind of like, oh, well, why the fuck are they in a camp? Where did this come from? So it was one of those, all right, we changed it. Now we have to roll with it. And and now we're pretty much at the end, um, which is another minor change is Arwen is present at Aragorn's crowning in the film, where in the book she shows up two months later after the coronation. So it, it's one of those things in the book, it kind of sets up that Arwen would have stayed out of the fighting. She wasn't close to it. She wasn't near there. And it, it makes sense right. because... You know, she's the she's an elven princess and her entourage isn't a isn't an entourage of warriors. They're there to protect her, not fight for men. And it shows this bigger separation between men and elves. Whereas in the in the movie, she shows up like immediately after she's there and they combine the wedding in the coronation. I liked it. It was fine. Combining those two. Cool. Not not a big deal. So that's that's pretty much it. Plus, I mean, combining the things leads out the need for more storytelling. So it, it kind of serves dual roles. Um, and yep. we're at the end of the story, so we're going to rate the book. We're going to rate the movie, like yep. always, with the other ones. Let's and do it. Just, What's just yours? To, well, just to finish, though, this is where in the book the scouring would actually happen. Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I, <laughs> I really wanted to man. see the scouring, okay? So I, I will we'll finish this off with a quote from Philippa. You know, she was the screenwriter. And and she said, and I quote, Unfortunately, as wonderful and brilliant as that last chapter is, it's not something we believe our film could sustain. You can't have a huge climax that your main characters have been striving for for three films and then start the story up again and play out an episodic ending. An audience sitting in the cinema just wouldn't go for it. And I agree. I do agree. I like the that change. Yeah. I feel like they could have thrown the scouring in earlier and kind of threw it in right before the battle at the the black gate or something like that to show this is happening at the same time but yeah but i i I do love the nod to it earlier when when they're looking into the the water um what was that in the fellowship uh it was was in they sort of yep look here's the thing i love 
everything they did. Yep. I'll give the film a five out of five, just like I did the other two, because I do not want to have to decide between them. I'll give the books a four point um seven five, like so, <laughs> so close, close to a five for the books. Cause I do love the return of the king as a book. Um uh, probably more than I love the other two. I might if I had to like if you had to fucking draw it out of me, the Fellowship of the Rings is probably my favorite of the three movies. But you got so much awesomeness out of the two towers. But the Return of the King has such a brilliant story arc all around. It it does. Like, why, it does. Why, yeah, I would give why the why film choose. I would give five out of five for the movie and five out of five for the book. I really enjoyed both. And I love how closely they kept the third yeah, film yeah, yeah. to the book. You know, we talked about a lot. We talked for a long time, but they really did keep it very, very <laughs> close. This had the fewest changes i feel like and the the changes that were there yeah. were either necessary or they led up they forced them to happen so as a yeah. whole as a whole it was so tr much more true to the book of all the things we covered in the deep dives and yep. it, it was just a fantastic story starts it was it, it, it for is that it fucking is. book so as a whole, obviously, we both give the movies five out of five. As a whole, the book, I would say 4.75. There are a few points where it can be, get a little tiring to read because there's so much information. You know, Gandalf talks for a long again. fucking time at the Fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you know. Again, not trying, fantastic. but we completely agree with all, all of this shit. <sighs> Just enjoy the books. Enjoy the movies. Yes. And man, this is really one of the things that defined my, like, nor that nerd that defined my nerdum, you know? Yeah. Honestly, as a whole, you know, a lot you know, of people. It, it's why I got into so much. A lot of people even credit Tolkien as kind of the, the creator of modern day fantasy. And. You know, I don't know that I would go absolutely that far, but a lot that we get in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, we get, it is so relevant to today's fantasy. And I, I, I absolutely mean, the, love the, the modern way he set this up. And dwarf, the modern elf and dwarf he gave you, the orc he gave you, you know, it, it, there's so much, the, the living trees he gave you. And between him and C.S. Lewis in the early 1900s, they gave you what you were looking for. So as, as a whole, go watch the movies, go watch The Hobbit. Fuck all those haters who say it, it, they're terrible movies. They were fun. Go watch them. Go watch The Lord of the Rings. Make sure you watch them all yeah, in extended because the extended 100%. edition, the extended editions of all of them, of all six films are fantastic. And that's the only way you should watch them. Go buy them. They're available 4K. They're available Blu-ray. Please sponsor us, Tolkien's estate. And let's, you know, move. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, yeah. dude. Go watch them. Go enjoy them. Watch all three of The Lord of the Rings back to back extended edition it's going to take an entire half Dude, day it's going to take 12 hours and man, then the next day follow look, up with the appendices <laughs> the, the appendices for those movies are brilliant they give 
you just a deep down look at like they tell you about like the people who made the chain mill literally rubbed their their identities off of their fingers they do not have fingerprints oh man they went through so much every piece of chain mill now i will say do not buy the new super special extra bonus edition whatever on amazon because it does not include the appendices for Mm. whatever stupid fucking Mm. reason yeah no I want it because it looks really cool, but the fact that it doesn't include the appendices <laughs> for $250, yeah, just buy them on Blu-ray. Jesus, buy them. fuck yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't include the appendices for that much money. It includes a copy of the 4K Blu-rays and regular Blu-rays and one bonus disc. Go pick them up, watch the appendices, and watch the cast commentary. You don't have to watch the others, like the director commentary is super oh, good, dude. The, the the music, all that, all those commentaries are great, but the cast commentary, I'll tell you, like, um, oh my god, <laughs> so good, like so funny Billy and Boy, so informative. Billy Boyd is hilarious. Did we have to watch the um, whole thing? It, yeah, it's great. Honestly. Did we have to do the whole thing naked? <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. All right, guys. I, I was so fucking. <laughs> good night. Love you. All right, guys. Uh, we we don't okay well okay some aw- awkward awkward okay. editing at the end here because I accidentally pushed awkward uh, <laughs> pushed Bob Bergen <laughs> so we almost got Porky Pig uh, introing us <laughs> at the end here as always guys next time on Two Dads and a Podcast we will have another super fun top five and we're not sure what our next dive is going to be. If you have any ideas, please let us know. You can let us know on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, email us at 2dap2020 at gmail.com, or you can just comment on one of our YouTube videos. That's fine, too. And I think um, if if you pay $5 for the Patreon, you might see me like deep dive into a pint of Ben and Jerry's or something. I don't know what's next for me. Yeah, I, I, I don't well, know. We'll, we'll, give figure, it a try. we'll figure it out. And <laughs> if you subscribe to us on Patreon, you can comment on there, too, if you really wanted to. Anyway, guys, this was, this was so much fun. And thanks so much for listening. We love you all.